You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Building our internal sukkah. Now we know that we're commanded on the 14th day of the month of Tishrei, which is the month we're in. Yesterday was Yom Kippur. In another three days, Friday night, we're going to be sitting in our sukkahs, respectively, and having a great time living in a different existence. You see, we're used to sitting in our homes, eating in the comfort of our home, with our, you know, in the confines of a secure facility. We go out, and what I like to say after Yom Kippur is we talk the talk. Now we have to walk the walk. Yom Kippur, we talked and we said, Hashem, please forgive us. We're going to change our ways. We're going to do this different, that different. We're going to do everything different. Sukkot is the time where we actually put it into action. And we have these four days that give us the opportunity to prepare for for the holiday of Sukkot, to build our Sukkot, to get our four species, get all that ready so that and cook the food so that we can actually execute on the things that we promised we're going to change. And one of the things we say we're going to change is we're not going to fall into our old habits. What were our old habits? Our old habits were materialism takes precedence over everything. What brings us to sin? So Orshaba Isa, we beget, we get comfortable. It's the yeast inside the bread which makes us arrogant. It it inflates us. Where does that come from? That comes from all of the materialism that we are immersed with. So what do we do to counter that? We leave our homes for seven days and we go into a sukkah. We go into a little booth and that booth serves as a constant recognition that we are living in Hashem's world and Hashem is our protector and Hashem is who gives us everything that we have and everything that we need. Hashem is our source for everything. Oh, now... After we do that, and for seven days, we get ourselves into a habit of living in an existence where we're with God outside. It's not so comfortable, particularly in Houston. <laughs> it's still in the 80s and 90s, temperature-wise. And it's not so pleasant. But we say, you know what? We're here with Hashem. And regardless of what the temperature is outside, regardless of how uncomfortable it is, we are dedicated to show and to demonstrate that we're taking a different channel this year. We're changing our ways. So how do we internalize this whole concept of Sukkot? This whole concept of being outside, of shaking the four species, the Lulav, the Etrog, the Hadas, and the Arava. How do we internalize this? So let's see some teachings about internalizing the mitzvahs. L'kol mitzvah yesh to every mitzvah there is an internal working. Yesh lohavin v'lohashiv l'alev mahi malhus mitzvahs netilas dalad minim. When we take the four species, we have to in- enter this idea into our hearts. What is this mitzvah that we're performing here? And why do we shake the lulav and the etrog in all four directions, up and down? Why do we Why do we do this? And we do it every single day. We don't only do it once. We do it every day of the holiday of Sukkot. 
this year, because the first day of Sukkot is going to be Shabbos, we're not going to shake the lulav on Shabbos, just like we didn't blow the shofar on Shabbos. Shabbos takes precedence over those commandments. So a little glimpse into the internal workings of these mitzvahs. Our sages teach us in the Talmud, Tractate Sukkah, 37b. Rabbi Yochanan said, You send it and bring it back. To whom the four corners of the world, the four directions of the world belong to him. Who's that? To the Almighty. What are we doing? We're shaking the rule of showing Hashem is in charge. Hashem is the, the force of the entire world, of all four directions. Ma'alil, Ma'irid, he shakes it upwards, downward. To whom the heavens and the earth belongs. In Ma'arava, which was in Jerusalem, they would say the following. Why do we shake him to the sides? To stop the evil forces. Malo Morit, he goes up and down. To stop evil forces. So it's a different idea. In the Babylon, what would they say? It was to demonstrate that God is the creator of all four directions. God is the master of heaven and earth. But in Jerusalem, what would they say? That it's to stop the forces of evil from all four sides and from up and down. But Sarah you need to understand. Mahi What does it mean that we're pushing the lulav out, we're pushing the lulav back in, to whom the all four directions belongs to. What is that? What does that mean even? What are we, what are we doing here? What is the essence of this thing, of this halacha that we fulfill so lovingly? Another question to ask. Who are these forces, according to those in Israel, that said that it's to stop all the evil forces. Who are those forces? What are those forces? And why do we need to shake the lulu so many times? To stop those forces. You should be able to do it once and goodbye. And how does the shaking of the lulu stop those forces? Okay, so now I take my lulu, I take my four species. I shake them. Now, what, is, what does that do to those forces that it stops it? You're saying it's to stop those forces. How does that demonstrate? By shaking the lulav to all four directions, how does it demonstrate that Hashem is the master of all four directions of the world, of the heavens and the earth? What does that do? So I'm sitting here with a lulav, with the four species, and that's going to demonstrate something. What is it doing? I'm just shaking a lulav. The Kisve Arizal Inspire says the Arizal, the great Kabbalist, teaches the deeper inner workings of what this Lulav and the four species are. He says this holiday of Sukkot is the holiday of wisdom. 
the highest level of wisdom. And through this holiday, we attain our wisdom. What is das? Tafkido lechaber ben asechel ben adam. So he says, what is das? Das is to connect between a man's mind and his feelings. Meaning, we talk many times here in our Jewish Inspiration Podcast, talk that you may know something, but that doesn't mean you act that way. We all know that if you ask a child, why did you do that? Well, they know they shouldn't do it, but they did it anyway. Meaning there's a disconnect between the knowledge that we have and the actions that we do. So the purpose of intellect, of this high level of wisdom of intellect, is to bridge the things that we know, the knowledge that we have, and the actions that we perform. So an example for this is we know, I give this example a lot, but Speed limit. We all know what the speed limit is, but does that mean that we act that way and we drive and abide by the laws of the speed limit? Not necessarily. But das would be, you know that there's a law and you need to act with regard to the law. We got the intellect. We got the, the direction that we want to take in our lives. And we got to such a high level of clarity with Hashem. What happened? Through this, this, these days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we got an unbelievable clarity of Hashem's presence in this world. In synagogue, we were all praying and sometimes even on top of our lungs saying, Hashem, Elohim, Hashem is our God, Hashem is our God. We repeat it seven times. We say the Shema out loud. We say the Baruch Shem out loud. We're declaring Hashem is our God. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. We're, we're declaring it and we're trying to internalize it. But we have the clarity of knowledge. We don't have the internalization yet. However, now, in the holiday of Sukkot, we have to take over the holiday of Sukkot what we know intellectually, what we have the wisdom to understand, and to attach it to our heart, to put it into action. That we should be able to feel it in our heart. Not just that it be intellectual knowledge alone. Oh, yeah, I know there's a God. Like we say, what's the mitzvah of Emunah? To believe in God? There's no mitzvah to believe in God. It's a mitzvah to have knowledge in God. But there's a difference between having knowledge and living with a God. Oh, that's a whole nother level. That the knowledge that we have should be felt in our heart. And that it should be so real in our heart that it should have an impact on our actions. Oh, now it's starting to come together a little bit. He says, This happens through shaking the four species. 
When we shake these four species, what are we doing in the action of shaking the lulav to and fro? Three times in each direction, upward and downward. We're asking Hashem, give us knowledge, give us wisdom, put it into our heart. What do we want? We want that it shouldn't just be out there a concept that we are aware of, that there is a God. No, Hashem, we want it much more real. Make it into our exit, into our feeling. We should feel a closeness and a connection to Hashem right here in all four directions, up and down, right? Bring it, let's put it into action. To wear this knowledge becomes a reality and we feel it in every fiber of our being. That through this connection, all of our traits, all of our feelings, all of our emotions should be attached to this knowledge. Just because someone knows that something is the right thing to do doesn't mean that they act that way. And here is a perfect example of trying to take what we've been inspired over the whole Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the 10 days of repentance and putting it into action. It's not enough for us just to be in prayer and talk to God and pray and pray and pray and sing the lovely melodies that they're singing in synagogue. That's not enough. Now we got to put it into action. How do we put it into action? This is what we're doing with the Lulav and the Esrog. We're put, sending it and bringing it back. Sending it, bringing it back to who? To who's the master of all four directions. What we're saying is, Hashem, it's not just a concept in our mind. It's a feeling that we're feeling in our heart, that you are everywhere. And what are we doing? We're taking these species and we're demonstrating in action that you are there. Not just in, in concept and theory, but in action. That with our feelings, we're connecting now that Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is in all four directions. Hashem does everything and there's nothing but Hashem. So what we said before from the Talmud is precise. What we're doing is we're saying, Hashem, we prayed for these 10 days, the entire El, 30 days of El, and then the 10 days of repentance, where 40 days we've been invested in declaring you as our God, creator of heaven and earth. The And every single person should know, should have a clarity that you are the creator of heaven and earth. But that's a clarity of mind. How do we bring it into action? Ah, what do we do? We take those little of those four species, the little of the etro, the hadas and the arava, and we shake them on all four sides saying we're demonstrating with our own physical body that it's not just a concept. You're right here, a living king, right in front of us, in all four directions, up and down. You're in control of everything. And by doing so, we also stop the evil forces. What are those evil forces? 
Those evil forces are the heresy. Those evil forces are the doubts. Many of the issues that befall us come from our lack of 100% knowledge of Hashem, clarity of Hashem. The more we're able to instill within ourselves the reality of Hashem's existence in our every action, everywhere I turn, every direction, everything I'm doing, I'm recognizing Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is up, Hashem is down, Hashem is right, Hashem is left. In action, not just in talk, in action. The more it creates a protective boundary around me, I don't have evil forces, we don't have any type of problems that a person can have brushed away. Why? Because we have solid amuna. When a person has solid amuna, He's protected from everything. And therefore, therefore, we have to take the lulav and the esrog. And what do we do? We shake them in all four directions and then up and down. What do we say while we're doing this? While we're shaking the lulav? You know, we should be saying in our mind, in our lips, God, make this real for us. It's not just the concept that you're here. It's not just the concept that when we're in synagogue, we talk to God. No, everywhere I talk to you. You're everywhere. I don't need to be in synagogue for that. I can be anywhere and talk to the Almighty. Hashem is listening to every word, but we have to make it real within ourselves that we should feel that closeness. Hashem's oneness. So that whatever transpires in our life, whatever it is, we know that it's Hashem. Someone cut you off on the road, Hashem, I love you so much. It's not that person. I know you're just testing to see if it's my patience. Hashem, you're just testing me to see if I'm going to be kind, forgiving, loving, Accepting every challenge that we have is a challenge that Hashem custom makes for us. To come to a point of closeness with Hashem in every single thing that happens to us. Everything that happens to us is Hashem speaking to us. But what we're asking is not just to have intellect knowledge, someplace, yeah, I know that there's a God, yeah, I know he really loves me, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. On Sukkot, what we're doing is we're making it real. We're, we're, we're demonstrating with our body, with our physical body, that we don't only know and have intellectual understanding. We feel it and we see it and we live it. Hashem is in all four directions. Hashem is up and Hashem is down. And that's what we do in the Sukkah as well. We go out and we sit in the sukkah. We're in all four directions, north, east, south, and west, up and down. We're protected by Hashem wherever we go, which, by the way, is a very important thing. Hashem, right after Sukkot, what do we do? We start reading Genesis. We start from Genesis. We start from creation again. What did Hashem create? Hashem created six days. Seventh. 
is the encapsulation of all six. Because what happens when you take the top, the bottom, and all four directions, you create a space for what is inside it, which is the seventh. And that's the Shabbos. The six days create the Shabbos. Or rather, the Shabbos creates the six days. There's, there are different opinions whether or not Shabbos is the end of the week or the beginning of the next week. Our sages tell us that the influence of the coming week comes from how your Shabbos was. Your Shabbos is elevated. Your entire week to come is elevated. In that case, Shabbos is the beginning of the week. But it definitely was Sof Ma'asev Ma'achshav Tachila. It's the purpose of all creation. Shabbos is the essence of everything. It's the core. For all the six days, on their own, have no purpose. Their only purpose is that there's a Shabbos there. The only purpose of the Rosh Hashanah and the Yom Kippur and the Elul, the days preceding, is just so that we can get to a point of Sukkot, where we can demonstrate in action that we're not going to just be talking the talk, but rather walking the walk. And what do we do when we walk the walk? We go into our sukkah, and yes, even if it's uncomfortable, and even if it's sticky, and it's hot, and it's humid, and it's not so pleasant, what do we do? We go into our sukkah, we say, Hashem, we're demonstrating with our bodies that you are our creator, and nothing is going to stop us. Even if it rains, there are people who will sit in that sukkah, come high water, right? No matter what happens, they will not leave that sukkah. Why? Because the sitting in the sukkah demonstrates in action that nothing's going to chase me away. There's some people, a little drop, oh, oh, I can run into the house. Let me run away from the sukkah. I'm looking for a reason not to be, oh, it's uncomfortable. The halacha says that if someone is mitzvah, meaning someone has, has uh, regret or pain from being in the sukkah because of the rain or, or the weather, they can go in. Yeah, but that's not the highest level of performance of the mitzvah. If we understand that the internal mechanism of this mitzvah, of sitting in the sukkah and the four species, shaking them to all four directions up and down, we understand it, that we know this is the demonstration of the actual and the actualization of all of our prayers of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's not just words. We're putting it into action. We're showing that Hashem is real. We're showing that we feel it. We see it. We don't just conceptualize it. He says, this is what every Jew needs to feel, what every Jew needs to request while they're shaking the lulav. There's no one but Hashem. And through this, get to a whole new level of closeness with Hashem. To love Hashem, and to fear Hashem, and to have become one with Hashem in that the reality is so clear to us. No doubts anymore. It's for all to see the most clear experience we ever have because it's coming on the heels of Rosh Hashanah. 
It's coming on the heels of Yom Kippur. It's coming on the heels of 10 days of repentance where we're talking and we say, Hashem, forgive me for this. Hashem, forgive me for that. Hashem, I misstepped here. Al chet, al chet, al chet. For this sin, for that sin. So many things I may have done wrong. But you know, Hashem, I'm going to show you with action <clears throat> that it's not just words. I'm not just saying things. I'm putting it into action. How do I put it into action? I leave my home and I go physically into a sukkah. So the halacha says that if a person, you know, we're in Houston, we have much more real estate than you do in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, some people have very, very, very small sukkahs. So small that the Mishnah talks about what happens if someone only has a sukkah that fits part of their body. It's a little, little sukkah. It only fits part of their body. Half their body is in the sukkah and half the body is inside the house. What happened? So listen to what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says that it needs to be Rosho, the Rubo. His mind, his head, and most of his body needs to be in the sukkah. Shouldn't we just say the majority of his body? It's not enough for the majority of the body. It needs to be the head and the majority of the body. Why? Because you can't have your body in the sukkah and not your mind. Your mind has to be in the sukkah. The mind has to bring it into the action. Not just conceptually. But the mind has to be there for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And now the body needs to be there for Sukkot. You can't now say it's only the body, but the mind already departed. The body and the mind need to be in the sukkah. This is an important thing, my, my dear friends. When we talk about the holiday of Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot is an action-oriented holiday. Put it into action. And if, a, if you don't have a Sukkah, find a place that there is a Sukkah. Go to a synagogue where there's a Sukkah. Come to my house where there's a Sukkah. Come to any rabbi's house that has a Sukkah. But demonstrate with action a commitment, Hashem, it's not going to be just a year where I talk and say, yeah, it's going to be a better year. No, no, no. I'm putting it into action already this year. I'm going to find a way to demonstrate my commitment to the mitzvahs. I'm going to find a way to demonstrate my commitment to living a life where your presence is real. So now we're shaking the love in all four directions, up and down. When a person shakes the lulav in front of him, what is he doing? He's saying, Hashem, please open up your treasure of wisdom, your treasure of knowledge, your treasure of putting it into action. Give me the highest level. Hashem. Where we're saying, Hashem, give me the highest level possible. We all know, does anybody here compromise on their health, on their food? Well, you shouldn't. But most people, right, I'm going to buy food, I'm going to, I want the, Anybody go to a store, supermarket, 
and say, you know what, I just want an average looking banana. <laughs> no. Everyone best? says, I want the best. I want the best apple. We look and we turn them, we spin them around, we look, oh, there's no specs. Oh, this one looks really beautiful. I put it into my bag. We don't say, yeah, just give me five apples. I don't care what they look like. No, why? Because what I buy represents me. And I don't compromise on me. But should we compromise on our connection with Hashem? It's fine. It's, it's all right. Hashem understands. You're right, Hashem does. But why are we willing to compromise on that? And we're not willing to compromise on our own self. I'm not willing to compromise on the batch of bananas, but I am willing to compromise on relationship, my relationship with God. That's not fair. Because my relationship with God is much more real than anything else. When a person brings and sends the lulav back and forth three times in each direction, what he should be asking is that Hashem should internalize the feelings of this connection with Hashem. Hashem, by the way, it's an amazing thing. If you want to feel something and you don't feel it, you know what you can do? You can ask Hashem for that feeling. Hashem, I feel no remorse. I want to feel remorse, but I don't. Hashem, give me the feeling so that I should feel that remorse. I should feel sorry for what I did. It's not right what I did. I know intellectually it's not right, but I just don't feel it. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But I know it's wrong. Hashem, give me the right feeling. I have a callous heart. Shem, make it into a, a heart that feels. To awaken our senses, to awaken our connection, our real live feeling with Hashem, of Hashem's oneness, and to renew it. And to continue to add and grow that connection with Hashem. And then what will happen? The more I feel that closeness, the more love there will be, the more fear. Now the word fear is a tricky word. People think fear means to be trepidation, to be terrified. No. Fear means to have clarity. Fear means to have knowledge of Hashem's existence a very vibrant, real knowledge of Hashem. The Anu Minanim L'Kol Ruchas, and we shake to all directions. Shehem Kol To all directions, to all forces, to all sides, to all existence. Ki Banu Hadas. When we shake that Lulav, what we're doing is, we're bringing in that wisdom into action. To know that there is no force in this world other than Hashem. And this is proper in every direction that we shake the lulav. So what do we do when we're shaking the lulav to each direction? What we're saying is, you know what? Now we're shaking to the direction of Jerusalem. You know what happens in Jerusalem? Exactly what Hashem wants to happen. Oh, but the politics, and we have this party and that party, it's Hashem masquerading in the world as if there are other people that have power. And we're shaking towards Canada, and we're like, what? What's going on in Canada? 
That's Hashem controlling the world in Canada. And then we shake towards Argentina. We're like, what's going on in Argentina? That's Hashem in Argentina as well. And then we shake the other direction. We're getting to China and to Russia and to Hawaii. All the directions of the world. We shake up to the heavens. You think the heat is just random? Oh, it's this and this year of the cycle of so. So therefore, it's going to be hotter. It's going to, no, it's Hashem that controls this world and manages everything that we experience. That's what we're demonstrating when we're shaking that lulav. And we're trying to internalize it. That's why we don't only shake it away, we bring it back in. Saying what's happening out there, we have to realize it's all Hashem. Shaking out back out there, everything that's happening out there, it's all Hashem. Hashem, I got to feel you within me. It's not just a concept. You're running everything that happens in the world. Everything that happens in the entire world. Everything that happens in outer space. Elon Musk and SpaceX. And they're sending rockets to the moon and rockets here and rockets there. Who gives that ability for that to happen? What's Mother Nature? People talk about Mother Nature. It's Hashem. It's Hashem in every area. And we shake it again and again, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, three times to every direction. And then several times during Halal, we shake it again. Because we need to deeply internalize the real connection with Hashem. And through this action of shaking the lulav back and forth, not only the three times when we recite the blessing, but then when we're reciting the halal, the praise for Hashem, special that we, re- we recite this through the entire holiday of Sukkot. We take out that lulav and esrog, and we shake it again and again and again. The more times we shake that lulav again and again and again, what we're doing is we're internalizing it deeper and deeper into our consciousness, into our physical flesh and blood, our body, as das Hashem. The knowledge that Hashem is everywhere, not just in concept, but she'ein od mevadid is nothing but Hashem. Doctors don't have the power to give life for that. Doctors sometimes have the ability to help heal someone. Doctors don't control. People think doctors are God. They're not God. Oh, doctor. Oh, you gave me terrible news. What? What? Hashem. You gave me terrible news. Why are you doing this? Teach me. I want to be close to you. is to internalize it more and more. Every time we shake that lulav and we send it out and we bring it back, we send it out and bring it back. What we're doing is we're internalizing it again and again and again into our consciousness. Till it actually has an impact on our emotions. 
that we feel it. And we have 100% knowledge. This is our God. We can see it. Here, behold, is our God. Yeah, so when we see something happening in the, in the, in the world, like, yeah, that's Hashem. That's not just like, oh, world leaders, another summit, another meeting, UN. No. You can see Hashem in everything that's going on. That we internalize through the shaking of the Lulav. So what does the Arizal say? The Arizal now continues. This is deep Kabbalistic stuff here. He says, but that might not be enough. He says, when we bring back the Lulav and the Etrog, we see many people do this. Shikasha or the Machzir is a Lulav, when you bring it back, so you're shaking it. He says, Yasa Akok Tana Begufa Kenegad Alev. He should bring it back and hit it into his heart a little bit. So that you bring that force into your heart, into your heart, into your heart. They should have in mind to bring it into your body, into your physical body. It shouldn't remain a concept out there, but rather the lula of the Esrog, the Hadas, the Arab, the four species, which represent, by the way, all of humanity, all of the four different dimensions of ourselves. What do we do? We don't just take it out and bring it in. Bring it in with a bang. Bring it in with a connection to your physical body. Because what did we say? We said we're going to have in mind, we're going to ask Hashem, Hashem, make it real for us. But it's not enough to just talk it. We have to try to bang it into our heart. He says, them together, the thought, the intention, the focus, and the physical touch to our heart of the Lulav of the Yesrog will have an impact and hopefully get into our consciousness in the deepest way. That way, when he brings the Lulav back, we have in mind to bring it into our existence. That we feel it and we feel, and we have a connection to it. And it's real for us. That all of the ways in which we can connect to God, that all of them are real. That we can feel it in every situation. Because we're about to go on a long journey this year. Do you know that we have six months? It's a it's a leap year this year. So it's gonna be a full six months from Sukkot all the way till Pesach. That's a lot of time to carry us. We need that Amuna. We need that knowledge of Hashem to be rock solid by the time we're done with Sukkot. We need to be all in. We need to be ready to run for an entire six months till Pesach carries us again to Sukkot. So that the intellect that we, that we have, that we received already from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, to the feelings that we're feeling and 
putting it into our flesh, into our real existence, Yigramu, they should cause Shegama Hasenu before you, Matinum Ladas, Largoshoselo. That it should it should become a reality in our life. That it should become you, you know, for example, what if someone tries to pick up a new hobby, a music, right? So at what point does music become part of their nature? Where they know, where they, when they hear music, they can tell uh, the beat that's being played. They can, sometimes someone's really gifted and talented, they can even tell the key that it's being played in just from the sound of their ear. When does it, it doesn't just happen overnight. You learn, you practice, you learn, you practice, you learn, you practice. And then what happens? It just becomes part of you. It becomes the, it, it doesn't take a day. It doesn't take a week. This is long practice. This is the highest level. Music is one thing. Godliness, a whole nother thing. This is a whole new level. And this is what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to the highest level of consciousness of God in this world. How do we do that? We bring it down with these four species. We bring these species, we put them in our hand lovingly, all four of them, and then when we shake them to all four directions, recognizing that Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is in control of every single thing that happens in this world. We're asking Hashem while we're shaking the Lulav and the Esrog. We're saying, Hashem, put this knowledge into my feelings. I should feel the connection with you so that when I conduct my life this coming year, it not just be a yeah, this is what I know it's the right thing to do, but I'm, I'm not there yet. But put it into my action, put it into my, it should be real in how I live my life. Bring it into my consciousness, bring it into my existence right here, right now. So this is the work of Sukkot. The work of Sukkot. Yeah, it's nice to be in the Sukkah. That's an added bonus but that we're ready to let go of ourselves, let go of our comforts, go into the sukkah, be immersed. By the way, our sages tell us that for a sukkah to be kosher, it needs to have two and a half walls. Our sages say Kabbalistically, what is two and a half? It's till our elbow, till our wrist, and then the hand, which is God's hug. We're in God's hug. The sukkah, to be a kosher, it needs to have two walls and a half. God is saying, hey, we're, we're together. We're one. We're unified. You were living your life disconnected through Elul, pre preparing for Shoshana, for Yom Kippur. You made it real. Now let's feel that closeness. Now we have this hug. So, Sukkot is not, I remember I once heard someone say, some rabbi was once saying, he says, ah, with all of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur hype, Sukkot gets lost in the mix. Sort of excusing that people weren't observing Sukkot in his congregation properly. This is a terrible thing. Sukkot doesn't get lost in the mix. Sukkot is the essence of it all. It's when we're putting it into action. It's like saying, 
look, the World Series Game 7 doesn't really mean anything because we just played a whole season. What's the big deal? Why do we need Game 7? What are you talking about? The essence of it all is for Game 7. Game 7 is Sukkot. Ironically, it's seven days. It's Game 7. This is the final. This is it. We have Elul is the season. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, that's the championships. You're fighting for victory. Then comes World Series. Never thought I'd compare Sukkot to the World Series. But the idea is that that's not where you cop out. That's not where you say, you know what? It's nice. We had a good season and now we'll just go, let's go home. No, we fight for the victory. And if we need a bang on garbage cans, those who understand, understand. And we do that as well. All my friends in New York keep reminding me, the Astros, they're like, yeah, we'll send you a garbage can. For those of you who know it, the whole, yeah, okay, good. So, sore topic here. But the, the real essence of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur comes to fruition through our observance of Sukkot. You're right. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we talk the talk. But now is our chance to walk the walk, to bring God into our very existence, into our consciousness. My dear friends, tonight, God willing, we'll continue. We'll talk more about this. But it's very, very important. It's very, very important to prepare ourselves for Sukkot. Utilize these days. If you're going to have your own sukkah built, if you don't and you want a sukkah built, talk to me after class. I have a friend who will go and build you a sukkah. It won't cost you a dime. His love is to build sukkahs for people. And he begs me every year, please send me people who want a sukkah. I want to build the sukkah for them. And he'll come there with his workers and he'll two by fours and put up the walls and put up the schach and get you a sukkah done. So there's no reason for us not to have a sukkah. You want a sukkah built? I'll have it built for you. It's the new, no excuses of our generation. There's no excuses. <laughs> right? We have it. And now if your neighbor has or if your, your housing complex has, that's fine. You don't need to build your own. But if you want a sukkah, I'll get you a sukkah. My dear friends, let's get out of our current state of just knowledge and let's put it into action. Let it not just be words. Let it be actions. We say that Rosh Hashanah, the decree, the judgment is written. It is sealed on Yom Kippur, but it's not yet dropped into the mailbox. It's not dropped into the mailbox till Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah is the last day of Sukkot. We can still open up that envelope and change the decree. Every day we have right now is precious. Let's utilize it. Let's make the most of it. Chag Sameach. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.